Welcome to God Talks with Joey Oswald. Hello, it's a great day to have a great day. And today I get to interview my good friend Drew Myers on this episode of God Talks. Give it up for Drew. Hey. All right, Drew, go ahead and give us a quick two-minute autobiography of your life whenever you're ready. All right. My name is Andrew Paul Myers. Uh, For most of my life, I've gone by Drew. And uh, over the last few years, I've switched back and forth between Andrew and Drew uh, because Andrew is my legal name. And um, just for, you know, applying for colleges and random things, I had to start going by my legal name. So uh, that is what I go by sometimes, but I have lived in Ohio almost my entire life. Uh, I've grown up here in Uniontown, Ohio, and I attended Lake High School, graduated in 2016, and uh, started attending Kent Stark University, a branch of Kent State University in Canton, Ohio, and uh, started college not really knowing what I wanted to do. In life, I started as an undecided major and then quickly wanting to fit in and find a path, I decided to become a business major. And then uh, through a series of connections and through high school basketball and things, I I got a coaching job coaching uh, eighth grade middle school basketball at East Canton and uh, in East Canton, Ohio. And through that, I decided I wanted to become a uh, middle school teacher. I loved coaching kids and teaching kids. I had a passion for teaching people and seeing people grow and learn. And so I changed my major once again. And then the spring semester, I had a, a bit of a change of heart once more. Actually, my good friend Joey here sitting next to me sent me a text for a job opening for a graphic design position here uh, in our hometown of Hartville, Ohio. And it was weird because a graphic design position, <clears throat> excuse me, in a place like this is very rare, and it was it was odd. So I decided to apply for the job and actually got it, and uh, just on a whim. And so uh, through that, I ended up changing my major once again and uh, going to college at Kent State University, the main campus. Go up Flashes in, up in Kent, Ohio. That's right, baby. Go Flashes and change my major to graphic design, and that's really where my path leads to today. Um, Through that, out of desperation, I kind of started my own business um, after dropping out of college, uh, and I named it Andrew Myers Design. I got really creative on the name. I stuck with my name, who I am, and what I do, and um, that's really been my story for the last three years. I've been working as a a graphic designer, and recently, about uh, just under a year ago, I took a job as a full-time graphic designer for an agency called Forest Company working for my mentor of several years and someone who I've been, become very close to, uh, Brandon Triola. Shout out to Brandon, the Shout legend. Um, he actually coached uh, Joey and I's brothers, Jake and Tyler, back in elementary school basketball a long, long time ago. Big Everyone shout out to Brandon. Loves Brandon. Yes, Everyone sir. loves Brandon. Great guy, loves Jesus. Incredible man of God. But uh, I started working with him uh, full-time about a year ago, and that's where I am currently. I'm living here in Uniontown, Ohio. I still live at my father's house, believe it or not. I'm 24 years old, but uh, I'm loving not having any bills. Um, My beautiful girlfriend, Clara Conboy, lives down in Atlanta, Georgia. So 
I get to travel down there and see her and visit her and spend time down there. And uh, we are together long distance. So that is a little bit about me, who I am and what I do. Um, and yeah, that was incredible. That was three minutes and 40 seconds, a little longer than two minutes, but <laughs> we'll let this one slide because you made sure to give some important <laughs> shout outs uh, to Brandon, your dad, Clara, great people in life. You forgot to mention your brother, Tyler Myers. No, I did mention him because uh, Brandon coached him. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. But I realized as Good soon point. as, as soon as I hit the point where I was talking about East Canton, Mm-hmm. I realize this is going to go over two minutes. Yeah, but I love. I'm it, just going to keep going because I don't really care. Meyer's story. I have a complicated story, and yeah. truthfully, um, I Your don't story mind sharing. Could take it. up the whole podcast. I well, it wouldn't be important enough to take up the whole podcast, but I could talk about it for the whole podcast. It would be important enough because you're a very important person. God bless you. God bless you. Okay, that leads perfectly into my next question, and the question that takes up the bulk of the interview. And that is, do you believe in God? Yes, no, I don't know. And then go ahead and tell me why. Yes, I do believe in God. Um, I That answer would not be consistent if you looked back from my childhood and through the entirety of my life. But that answer would be consistent over the last uh, six years, I would say, five and a half, six years. And I believe in God because I believe that I have felt the presence of God in my life. I believe that I have witnessed God move in my life and in other people's lives. And I've just, I've seen, like not physically seen God, but I have just, I really do believe and feel like I've felt God in my life, both physically. um, The first time I was saved uh, back in Cedarville, Ohio, uh, in 2015 it was um coming up on seven years now actually i I got the timeline wrong but i when pastor rick rigsby uh called on everyone to raise their hands uh if they wanted to receive jesus i've never felt more of a pull in my life or more of a a spine numbing and tingling sensation in my body that i just i thought this could be nothing else besides the presence of God gripping me, telling me to raise my hand right now. And I was so scared and I was so nervous, but I've only ever felt that exact same feeling I felt in 2015. I've only ever felt that when I'm praying or when I'm worshiping or when I'm in a church or when I'm in a youth group, I've only ever felt that feeling in the presence of God. And so that is my, that is my belief. That is, there's much more to it, but at the core of it, that Mm -hmm. is truly why I believe in God um, is because I've I've seen God, I've witnessed God. I, I truly do believe that. That's amazing. And you had talked about how you haven't actually seen God, but I think you're trying to say that you've seen His effects. You yes. know, kind of similar to the wind. You don't actually see the wind, but you see it swaying the branches, and you can see it knocking down trees, and you can see the effects of the wind, even though you can't actually visually see the wind. And that's incredible. There's so many different directions we could go with yeah. everything you've said. It's <laughs> it's so beautiful. But you had mentioned, what, seven years ago you were saved? Yes. So prior to that, tell me about growing up. Were you exposed to the gospel? Did you grow up going to church? Did you grow up thinking there was a God? Just tell me about your childhood and how you came to these beliefs that you have now. Yeah, so growing up, I... I don't know, truthfully, if I if I could say or not whether I believe in God. I think I did. 
um, but not for any particular reason. Mm. My, my only experience at church growing up was mainly staying at my aunt and uncle's house. Uh, my aunt, my aunt Lisa, uh, God bless her soul. Rest in peace, Aunt Lisa. She passed away in 2014, I believe it was. Um, but she was the biggest influence in my life in terms of God and church and religion, whatever Growing you want to call it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. What Sorry. age? Uh, that was, I mean, probably between, from what I remember, like as young as I can remember, probably six or seven years old up until my parents split up when I was in the fourth grade. Um, and so I don't know what age that would be. I think I'd be around 10 years old or so. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I remember when we would stay there Saturday nights and we would hang, get to hang out with all my cousins every Sunday morning. I knew there was a chance we were going to church. And so so, your parents didn't take you to church when you were at home. No. The only time I went was when I stayed at my aunt and uncle's house or Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter. We were Christer goers. So we would get dressed up on Christmas and Easter and go to... Riley tells me that he was a, a CEO. I didn't know what that meant, but he said Christmas and Easter only. Yep. <laughs> yes. I My family, I would say, was that uh, we would... Um, but me and my brother probably went a little bit more than, let's say, like our family collectively. At because Lisa's. Yes. And uh, truthfully, I didn't like it. I, I did not like it at all. I dreaded going to church. I always wanted to sleep in on Sundays. So that way there would be a higher probability of us not going to church, trying to make us late. Um, <laughs> I would sometimes forget to bring my church clothes, quote unquote, you know, forget uh, because I wanted to just anything I could do to get us out of going to church. I just so didn't like what it. kind of church was it? What didn't you like about it? It was Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Akron, Ohio. And it wasn't the church specifically. It was just, I was a very young kid who had no introduction of God or what the purpose of going to church was. Wow. And so we sat there with, I mean, it's the most beautiful church you could ever imagine. My parents mm-hmm. were married there. I was baptized there. My nephew was baptized there. Like as a kid, part, as a baby. Yes. And oh, so, yes, okay. yes. And I was, I was rebaptized later at Akron Baptist temple. Once I actually accepted Jesus into my life and, mm-hmm. and came to know God. Uh, but as a baby, I was baptized there. And truthfully, the church is so gorgeous. It's like, I mean, the most beautiful stained glass windows you can imagine, giant columns, 100-foot ceilings with, like, these 50-foot organs that are just, like, I mean, everything is beautiful in the church. But mm-hmm. I sat there reading a 600-page hymn book and, wow. and mumming and, like, singing these hymns, and it just, like, nothing about it felt, I didn't connect to any of it, even going into Sunday school. Like, mm-hmm. I liked hanging out with the kids, but I didn't like the message or, like, anything that yeah. was being taught to me because I, I could not understand it at all. And so that really was my experience growing up in church. I, I didn't, I wouldn't say I had any hatred towards the church, but I had a lot of confusion mm-hmm. just because of a, a lack of true understanding of who God was. I remember one prayer at night, I would always, um, or not a prayer rather, but when I would lay down to sleep at night, I would always like question myself and ask myself, like, do I love God or do I hate God? And I know it's mm-hmm. such a weird thing, but I would yeah. always have like, it literally felt like I physically had a a good angel and a bad angel on one shoulder. And they were both wow. telling me like, you love God, you hate God. And what that, age, how old as a young kid? I mean, it, I remember being in my house 
where, I mean, where we lived like before or like up until my parents split up. And so it had to have been, you know, up until 10, 11 years old. So you were a young kid having this cartoon like thing of an angel and a devil on each side and just kind of questioning. It wasn't that physical like picture of the cartoon characters, but that's like looking back on it now, that's what it felt like of having that push pull in my head of like, I don't know how to feel about God. I know I shouldn't hate God because God is God. And I know that like, if I forsake God, then like I could be, I could go to hell forever, but I don't know what hell is, but it's scary. And I know it's fiery (laughs) and like the devil's there. So I know I don't want that. So I'm going to choose to say, I love God. So were you taught this heaven and hell from going to church with your aunt Lisa, or was it more of like a societal thing hearing about heaven and hell from just different people? Or where do you even get this conception of what, heaven and hell was yeah it was i i I can't 100 percent say for sure where i got it from but just i have zero recollection of ever hearing about heaven or hell or or, i'm sorry about hell specifically in Mm -hmm. church growing up the first time i had ever heard a message about hell or anything regarding hell was a message that i heard um cam took me to a first wednesday service Mm. cam shelton big shout out if everyone doesn't know um, took me to a first Wednesday service at Faith Family Church in Canton, Ohio. That's home. That's love. Shout out to Faith Family. Love Faith Family. Um, but that's the first time I ever heard the message on on hell, and it truthfully wow. it really scared me. And that was even that was right before I had accepted Jesus into my heart. Mm-hmm. So even as a later teen, I I had heard a message on hell, and it really scared me. And it, I remember it scaring me as a kid, just knowing that like that's not what I want. Like yeah. I don't know if I love God or if I like I didn't even understand the idea of accepting God. Like really mm-hmm. my my understanding of heaven and hell or even anything related to church was entirely societal. Like mm-hmm. I can't say I learned anything from church growing up. Wow. That's just incredible. And that's so crazy and that's why I love doing this cuz I grew up you were one of my best friends. We would hang out all the time. And this is a topic that rarely came up obviously until we were saved and we'd go to church together and different things like that. But we never talked about God, you know, never. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love doing this. And <laughs> so I can hear about your upbringing and, and the experiences that you've had. And you've talked a lot about, you know, going to church with Grant Lisa and then getting saved. But what reasons do you have now, other than the, the feeling that you had mentioned, to believe mm-hmm. that, that God exists? That's a phenomenal question. Um, I would say that I have I have seen what life is like before Jesus. And, Your own personal life. Yes. Oh, okay. And seen what my life is like after accepting Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I follow every single, you know, I'm not going to call them rules, but follow every single, like, moral principle or whatever is outlined in the Bible, how Christians should behave or should live. I'm not going to sit here and say that I follow every single one of those closely. Mm -hmm. And like a a true follower of Jesus should, and like we should strive to be, but I, I have seen what it's like, what it's been like to live life without a moral compass Mm -hmm. and with one. And the peace that I have in my heart, laying down for bed every single night, the peace and I have that I have in my heart waking up every single morning, knowing that <clears throat> no matter what I may be going through, there is concrete scriptural 
like verbiage, there's wording in the Bible that I can go to that is forevermore, that has not changed in over 2,000 years, that is steady, that is consistent, that is true, that is, it, it doesn't fluctuate with, with feelings, it doesn't fluctuate with whoever becomes president these next four years, it doesn't fluctuate with who's an officer, whatever I might be going through at that moment. The Bible is, is holy, it is true, it is righteous, it is forevermore, and it, is, it doesn't change. And that is something that I want to rest my entire foundation on. That is something that, that is a sturdy foundation right there. I don't want my house to be built on sand that Mm. is fluctuating if a a wave comes by and crashes it or is moving if someone comes into my life and and just starts like influencing me in different ways that goes against like a that that is built on sand that goes against a foundation that is built on concrete and in stone like that I don't know it it's almost I don't want to say it's like almost obvious for me but I, I've just so clearly seen how my mental is, what my life is like, how much anger I used to have, how much rage and hatred I used to have for people mm-hmm. before I knew Jesus and just, wow. and not saying I'm anything like Jesus because God, I couldn't be further off from the guy, but <laughs> I, it gives me a moral compass to look to and to strive to be like, and to try and be, if I can even, if someone looks at me at the end of the day and even says, wow, like even a glimpse of me is anything somewhat like Jesus, then I, I, I take that and look at it and say, thank you, God, for allowing me to somewhat resemble just even the slightest glimpse because God is perfect. God is holy. God is this image that we could never even think about actually being but that we should try and strive for and try and be as close as we can to in every way. And that's something at the end of the day, if I can hang my hat on anything, I am proud to hang my hat on that. I believe in God, that I believe in something that is, that doesn't change, that doesn't just bow to pressure and bow to societal winds and, and people's feelings and that like, you know, not uh, truthfully, not everything in the Bible. I totally agree with. There are things that I struggle with every single day in my faith that I, that I'm like, God, is that like I don't know. That doesn't feel right, God. But you know what? Sometimes my feelings don't matter. Sometimes I have to push my feelings aside and understand that my feelings right now could easily change in two weeks, and then those same feelings could easily change in another two weeks. But guess what hasn't changed? The gospel, the word of God. And, and that is the the full reason why I believe in Jesus. That's incredible. That's something, the, the thing that you said about how feelings fluctuate, that's a lot that Autumn, my fiance, you gave a shout out to Clara, so I got to give a shout out I to, love Autumn. to Autumn, my fiance. We talk about a lot in our relationship and our story, which is crazy. That'll be another time. But we talk about a lot how feelings change, you know, feelings fade from from one day to the next, but there's only one thing that remains constant. And, and for us, that's God in our life. Um, but you had mentioned that the Bible is where you kind of find this security. And what mm-hmm. proof or what evidence do you have that says the Bible truly is the word of God? And it's not, you know, other religions believe in their holy book, whether it's mm-hmm. the Quran or, or anything else that they follow. And so what what do you, why do you believe that the Bible is truly God's word? Yeah, that's, that is a, an even better question that you followed up with here. (laughs) Um, and I want to say, I don't know, 
but I'm going to give my, my best reason as to why I believe, because I don't, I don't truly know. I don't think that, you know, I don't think that I fully like 100% know, like for, because I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like there is a, a small possible chance that like it, everything that we could be believing is wrong. And maybe that, that is, that goes against the word of God to believe that and think that, but like, I don't know there. I, I, I approach my faith knowing that things I could believe in are, are maybe incorrect. I don't know, but Jesus was a living, breathing human being on this earth. Jesus is the only, I believe, I hope someone fact checks me on this and corrects me and texts me and says that was stupid, but <laughs> I'm pretty confident that Jesus was the only God who actually walked on this earth, who's actually a living, breathing human being of this earth. And granted, you could go to different religions, I'm sure, and find some of the most beautiful, peaceful, moral moral practices and codes to live by and things to live by <clears throat> or what have you but i i have found jesus jesus has found me it is something that i haven't truthfully explored other religions so i don't know mm. i haven't explored um or like looked into the quran mm. which i believe the quran has some alignment with the the old testament i believe or might is like very similar to it if not like the same almost but like translated differently um i don't exactly know but yeah i i don't know i i feel like i have seen and and <clears throat> seen the effects of god in my life and witnessed god and felt the presence of god over me and over my body and i think that that is why i believe in Christianity. And I, I don't know that. Um, I would say probably the biggest reason is that Jesus was here on earth. He was an actual living person. Jesus walked the earth. Jesus was a human being. Jesus Christ of Nazarene, I believe. I don't know if it, I think it's Nazarene. Yeah, Nazareth. Nazareth. Yeah. Um, see, I screwed that up. Thank you. <laughs> uh, was he, he walked the earth. He was a human being who was actually like the, the accounts in the Bible were, I, I believe they were from this earth. And so all that to say, I don't actually know there, but that's where faith comes in of just like that extra gap where there could be the chance that it's real or false. Like that's where I just have to say, you know what? Yeah, there could be, that could be a chance, but there also could be a chance that my best friend, Joey Oswald sitting here next to me is a mass murderer and you're planning a, a plot against me to kill me in the next 24 hours and like this podcast recording is a ploy to just like get close to me and get into my house and like i don't know like you could think all those things so that's I, a risk you're willing to take yeah that i'm willing to take the risk of serving jesus as best as i can for my life and trying to resemble as much as i can like jesus to live possibly for the rest of my life in eternity and spend that in heaven with Jesus like that. Mm -hmm. The, the eternity that is promised in the Bible is such a beautiful picture and getting to spend the rest of my life in eternity versus in a burning hell that I can't even fathom what that would be like. I believe it is worth it. So and that's enough for you that to is, put yes. your faith 100% in that piece that you had talked about that you've never experienced anywhere else. This is where you encounter it in the Bible, in God's word, hearing these messages from preachers who are preaching God's word, that's where you find that faith and that, that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I think that's the truth for, for so many people. And I mean, for some people it's not, and that's okay. And that's why I'm here just to 
to get your beliefs and, and hear what you think. And this is just incredible. I love this. Um, but there's something that I love to ask everyone. I usually ask it earlier on, but you, I know you, I know your beliefs. And so now I think is a good time to ask you to give me a 60 second gospel. And this is just you telling me what you think Christianity is. And I'm sure that's changed. Like you said, early on going to church with Aunt Lisa versus you getting saved and, and getting baptized. And so right now, what would you tell me in around 60 seconds? Obviously, it can be a little more or less. But what do you think Christianity truly is? <clears throat> All right. Don't start the timer until I start <laughs> talking about it because I need to take a sec. Um, you can go over. If you yeah, it's to. a very loaded question. But this is, uh, I don't know. I think <clears throat> this is going to go into uh, a discussion point later in our conversation. But I truly believe that the Christian gospel, if you could sum it up in one word, I think it would be balance. What is that? Balance. Balance. And I know that's kind of a weird word to use, but mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think that finding your your path, your or like finding your way with God or finding like not like your ways and like I can have my way at all times, but like finding your, your journey with God, like meeting God and then getting to know Jesus and know the gospel more. I think such of it is it's all about balancing between different things in your life, whether that is like balancing your work so that way you can put enough time and energy into community um, or balancing your faith so that you're not putting all your time and energy into just like praying and reading the gospel, but that you're connecting with human beings, you're talking to people, but that you're also taking care of your family and your kids and your wife and those close to you and around you and taking care of your personal hygiene and your health mm -hmm. and making sure you're working out because that's equally as important as mm -hmm making sure you are reading every single day. I mean, it's not equally as important. It's like right below it. But like, you get what I mean. It is, I think it's about finding this beautiful balance between all the things that God calls us to do in the Bible. And one of those is love. One of those is to walk humbly and to, to act with grace, to show grace to people. And I think you have to find the great balance between all of those of spreading the truth of the gospel to people, but also doing so in grace, while also making sure that, you are taking care of your body because the, I believe the Bible says that your body is a temple. And that's like a pretty cliche quote that like I, anyone could have pulled off the top of their head, but like <laughs> we should treat our bodies and like put the food in us. That's going to best nourish our bodies and take care of us and all these things that the Bible calls us to do, but finding a beautiful balance between all of them, because it's so easy to focus on one thing or focus on, you know, you could focus on six sins, but then forget about one. But God looks at that one just as important as he looks at the other six. But just because you balance out, just because you don't look at that one as being important doesn't mean that God doesn't. And so finding just a, a balance in your life, I think at the core of it, that would be my my big message in the gospel. Wow, I love that, Drew. And you, you've talked a lot about your personal experience with God, you know, being saved and how he's worked in your life. And that's really something that you use as evidence for God's existence. And so I'm very interested, and I think I know just by observation and <clears throat> being surrounded by you literally my whole entire life, um, but how has God worked in your life, and what has he done? How have you changed now that you can look back and say, wow, God has done this, and I'm a completely different person, and God is the only explanation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. The biggest thing that my mind goes to is anger. 
mm. as weird as that is. Um, oh, I remember your anger. I yeah. remember you being on Cornerstone and you and Tyler getting in a, in a big old fight a and you taking fight. a swing at him. Yeah. I, yeah. There was nothing that would stop me from just swinging at my brother Tyler <laughs> and trying to hit him in the face as hard as I can as a kid. Um, but genuinely, I had a, I had serious anger problems growing up and just like I would struggle with anger big time. I would let it just lash out and I wouldn't control it because I didn't care because no one like it just I didn't have any reason to care. Like I could just lash out and there weren't that big of consequences enough for me to say I need to fix this. And mm-hmm. so um, I don't even want to say the the book in the Bible that it's in, but I know there's a scripture that says uh, that we should be uh, quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Um, and I remember reading that vividly back in like the early days after I met, met Jesus. And that's a scripture that will never leave me mm. um, because I was the opposite of those three things. And I still <laughs> am that sometimes to this day, I catch myself and uh, Clara, God bless her, will call me out on it sometimes we have a thing where um we we make a little like ring with our hands and and pretend to have a bucket that we're holding out and we'll pretend to like throw things in it because we have to say fill your bucket up with patience um because i'm just like i'm quick to do everything i'm Mm -hmm. quick to get angry i'm i'm well i'm slow to listen but i'm quick (laughs) to get angry but uh quick to speak and quick to interrupt people and all this and i i feel like I have an understanding of that since meeting Jesus. I I know that that is how like my brain is kind of naturally wired and understanding that and being okay with that, but understanding that it doesn't have to be how I am for the rest of my life and praying on that every single morning and just praying that God would soften my, my anger or that I would be slow to get angry or that when I would, that I would recognize it in that moment. And I feel like I've really grown in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and Th- that it, it was such a clear defining like black and white like before meeting jesus after it wasn't like a like oh it just so happened to be at the same time like i remember scripture just meditating in my mind of like of like constantly god telling me and reminding me even through prayer of like you need to you need to pray on this you need to meditate on this like this is this is big and so not only that but also another thing um how i like used to treat women growing up um and just like I had a very weird, like just hate for like for women and like as weird as that sounds, like I had, you know, a girlfriend through high school and like all that stuff. But I like I it was almost like a disrespect where mm-hmm. like growing up in middle school, it was like that weird thing where like you, you know, girls had cooties like, oh, stay away. Like, ew, like girls, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then you start to like I started to like become friends with girls almost. And I just had like this weird like hatred for girls and like women it was like a very weird thing um and i it it just like that the praying and getting in the word of god it just made me realize how much better it is to love people Mm -hmm. and how much better it is to like spread love instead of hate towards people Mm -hmm. and that's a, a whole nother topic in itself but that is a big thing the word love has been a big big thing since meeting jesus um whether it's telling, you know, every single time I leave my brother or someone in my family, it's love you. Mm. And I, it, it bothers me when people don't say it back because it's like an actual important thing. Like I want my last words to be, because we never know what could happen tomorrow. I want my last words to be to someone, I love you. And 
but that's a huge thing is like the I I've experienced love and like other people's love and have been able to give and receive love in a way that I've never experienced before because I never like I always it always meant a lot to me hearing love you from my dad growing up but I never had a real grasp of what love is Mm -hmm. and is it Corinthians is that the the, love is patient yeah yeah first Corinthians and like reading that it it's obviously like the cliche like thing of what love is but at every wedding you hear it it is so beautiful if you actually look at it and you read it and you digest it love is patient love is kind love does not love does not boast is that it oh yeah there's a lot of it i can't even can't even go on because i don't i don't i'm not close enough to god but um (laughs) jk but no i that truthfully like i those two things i would say I've, i've genuinely seen god transform my life in those ways um and through his word and, and praying and meditating on those on those passages and on those scriptures, it I've seen physically the the change in my heart. I feel like like I want to love people. I have a desire to talk to people and like and like back like to kind of wrap up the thing about like women, like I have learned to like appreciate women for who they are and like not have this like weird, just like stupid childish hatred towards women and like it's it always was a very bizarre thing, but I I really do credit that to Jesus and the word of God and that just weighing on my heart and really like being inside of me and like, and just taking over my life. Wow. That's awesome. I love your explanation that I can tell that you've actually thought about these things and you've experienced them in your life and it it really comes through in your answers. And you had said something earlier that there's some things in the Bible that you don't necessarily agree with. And I'm just interested in what those things are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. um, The main one, I would say, uh, like, I mean, like the the topic of homosexuality and like like that in itself, like, is that um, because I think that the word of God tells me that I shouldn't agree with like people being gay. And why do you think that? Um, well, because I have only ever listened to videos my whole life or seen pastors who have said that. I've never, mm. I've never seen scripture to that's given me evidence to like support that lifestyle. And so, because of that, I don't like. I know what I I think I should believe, but then in my heart, I'm like, I I know people who are gay. I know people who like the same sex or like the opposite sex and the same sex or whatever. And, and they're great people. They have this beautiful, genuine love. Some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, some of the most beautiful people who I truly believe are in love. Who I truly believe love their significant other. And like, but, and that's, that's the, probably the biggest thing that I struggle with, no doubt about it. Um, because at the end of the day, like loving the same sex or being in a relationship with someone as the same sex as you, according to the word of God, is a sin and goes against the word of God. I believe, it, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this or if I'm politically incorrect on anything because I'm, I'm a little bit ignorant, truthfully. So yeah, no, I apologize in advance. But I like that you said that because that's what a lot of people will use and they will they will use the word of God and there's these six passages people use referred to as the clobber passages that they use to condemn homosexuality 
And then there's a lot of people who look at those passages and break it down in the original language and say, hey, this isn't what it was talking about at all. And so there's people on both sides of the fence, but I love that you said the people that you've listened to and the videos that you've watched has informed your opinion on these things. And I think it's important to recognize that these people that you listen to and the videos that you watch are just human beings and they're just reading the the word of God and it's their interpretation. So that's why I think it's so important for us to dive into God's word and and get an opinion for ourselves and that's something that I know you're doing every single day because we're we're in a Bible plan we're reading through the Bible in a year. So you're gonna be able to look at all these passages and see what they truly say and you're going to be able to have an opinion for yourself and not have to rely on someone else's interpretation because you and I could read the same exact passage and I could interpret it one way and you could interpret it another way and people do that every single day and that's where this divide happens and so I love that you said that it's from the videos you watch and the messages that you've heard and not I've looked into this and this is exactly what it says and you are open to to reading the word and saying hey actually I don't think that's what it says and that's what I love about you in, in every aspect of your life. You're so open-minded. And we were talking about it the other day, and even in your, your own work, you think something should or could be done one way, but you say, hey, these people are wiser than me. They're smarter than me. They've been in the field longer than me. And so guess what? Instead of me succumbing to these desires of the flesh, I'm going to listen to them and try and learn from them. And I can tell, I mean, answering the question I asked you, that's how God has worked in your life. You used to be filled with this anger and this it's my way or the highway, and now you're open to all of these these different ways. I'm sorry to go off on this tangent, but that's just something I wanted to throw in there just by being a witness of your life and a witness with your, your walk with Christ and how he's completely changed your mindset. And so it's, instead of saying, nope, this is the definite answer, there's no way that people can be gay, you're saying, hey, this is what I've been told. These are my thoughts because people have told me this, and you didn't say... Nope, this is the way it is, 100%. And so just the, the raw honesty that you've been giving me, and I just really appreciate the way that you've been expressing your opinions. Thanks, and I sir. think that's amazing. Um, is there anything else other than homosexuality that you would, I, I don't want to say disagree with, because just like you said, but your I'm, opinion. I'm, that is something that I, I pray on every single morning. Say, Lord, lead me. Lord, lead my heart. Show me, show me what I, what I should believe. What what aligns mm. with your gospel and your message and the word you are trying to be, preach. Lord, if I were you, what would I believe? What would I? What conversation would I have with a friend of mine who, you know, might be might be gay and mm. comes to me and says and wants to have a raw, honest conversation about like what I think about their life and their lifestyle and what they believe in and like how people maybe in my circle may condemn them or I don't know. It's a, it's a troubling thing that I struggle with every single day. Genuinely. It's so tough because like I had mentioned earlier, the Bible is forevermore. The Bible is the truth. It is the foundation of my life. And it, it is tough for me to say, I don't fully understand that or I, excuse me, don't, no or whatever but that's almost the beauty of this walk that we're on and like the bible itself is like i don't know whenever i think of like a journey or a path i always go back to um 
back in the day when, um, as we had mentioned earlier, I started working as a, a freelance graphic designer. Um, and Brandon Triola, my mentor, great friend of mine, my boss, used to contract out to me and not let me, um, I, or not, excuse me, let me rephrase that. He, w I wasn't allowed to share all of the work that I would uh, work on with him because a lot of his clients were like high level clients and these people, they wouldn't even allow him to share the work. So therefore me working under him, I wasn't allowed to share this in my portfolio. And I was working with some really cool people and cool brands and all this stuff. And I wanted to post it on Instagram because I knew it would get a ton of clout. I knew it would get likes. Like people would be like, whoa, like Drew, how are you working with these like crazy brands and stuff? And it was the best thing that ever happened to me for my professional career because it forced me to obsess over doing the work and like getting better and, and growing and grinding and like just obsess over the process mm. and then years later get to see the reward wow. and now that five years later after that what i'm talking about that story i'm now working for brandon and brandon and i are really close and we get to work together all the time and work on really cool brands and i can put this stuff in my portfolio because I I've earned that I'm now mm. like at I'm now working with these clients and like I put in the time and put in like the effort and the hours as a ghost designer when I wasn't getting any of the credit whereas mm -hmm. I wanted all the credit but that's not what it was about it was about me getting better and growing and learning and so all that to say like it you have to find beauty in the process of like whatever whatever you're going through whatever whether it's whether you're a believer or not, like find beauty in just like learning more and in growing and in being better, just being a little bit better than you were the next day. I'm not going to say be 1% better because that's stupid and I don't like that cliche. <laughs> just be a little bit better, whatever that takes, even if it's 0.0001%, just do something better than you were before. Wow. And over time, you'll you'll begin to see results. You'll begin to see the fruits of your labor. And that it is a completely different timeline for everybody. It is a completely different timeline for you, Joey. Your timeline is way different than mine. On on my journey with faith, I could I could reject God and come back to know God a hundred times before I end up dying and end up meeting him in heaven one day. Or I could maybe denounce God for the rest of my life. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I really pray that doesn't happen and that's why mm -hmm. I stay in my word every single day and continue to pray. But all that to say, I just like the the Bible is a a beautiful piece of material that is it is a great foundation, it is concrete, it is it is not changing, and it is something that I I might parts that I disagree or agree with today, I might disagree with later and, and vice versa. But yeah, it's all it's all just a process and yeah. All right, Drew, you've talked a lot about your personal experience, and that's why you believe in God. But since you've been saved and as you've gone on this journey of being a Christian, what are the reasons you have for maintaining these beliefs that you have now? I would say a, a big reason of that is truthfully what we hinted on or what I hinted on earlier about witnessing God and the effects of God and feeling God his in his presence in my life um that is definitely a a driving force and continuing to see god move in not only my life but in others lives um like just a small example um i talk about work a lot because work is a big part of my life i really love what i do and a lot of my identity has been wrapped up in my work and who i am and, and all of that but 
you know, the job I have now currently is something that I had been praying for since I met Jesus. Um, since I had come to know God and even started praying. Um, shortly after that was when I was introduced to my mentor and boss, Brandon Triola, and immediately the first conversation we ever had when he asked me to start working for him part-time as a contractor, he said, in a perfect world, I would have you working full-time for me one day. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And I've always wanted that job. I've always looked up to Brandon and always prayed for that and, and hoped for that opportunity and longed for that and worked towards it. And I've seen physical evidence of it right now. And over the last year, not only have I been, you know, gifted and blessed with the job opportunity, but over the last year have been constantly reminded that it was the right choice and that, you know, I question it all the time. Like I gave up running my own business and being a freelancer and being able to control my schedule and set my hours and all this stuff, like my vacations and everything. I gave up all that to go and work for an agency and make less money and take a pay cut and like all these things. But like it truthfully, that right there is, is the evidence of God that I have in my life. Like I've been praying for that for so long. And like that is so continuing to see things like that, not only in my life in other people's around me, um, and continuing to see people be faithful and believe in God and seeing, you know, my home church, faith, family church grow and, and launch new campuses and seeing their campuses grow and more people attending and coming to know Jesus. Like all of these things around me are constant reminders and, and fuel for me of why I continue to believe in God and, and push and, and see because scripture will always be there no matter what, like scripture is always going to be there. So that's always going to be a reminder for me why I should believe in God. But like, these this physical evidence that I see in my life is, is the biggest driving force for me. Wow, that's beautiful. And so obviously you talked about your beliefs in God, you being a Christian. Um, so now I'm interested in what is your goal of your life here on earth? The goal in my life, the goal of my life here on earth, I would say, if I had to wrap it up in just like a, in one point would be to to love and respect people and to take care of those around me and to just like to I mean I guess all of that looks like upholding the gospel of which I believe um, trying to love people unconditionally trying to live with grace and to be accepting of all people and to serve and to do so humbly um, and boldly and with confidence into, um, I would say to uphold that gospel of which I believe I would say would be my biggest goal. Um, and through that will come great relationships and, and I pray a beautiful family and <clears throat> friendships that last a lifetime and hopefully a very successful business and all of these things. But I would say to just uphold that gospel of which I believe and I read every single day. Wow. Thank you for that honest response i love it and i can see it in the way you live your life and how much you've grown from from when we met as kids and to where you are now and there's a couple other questions i love to ask everyone just because i'm curious and the first one is i'm going to ask you what is the big bang theory what do you think the big bang theory is and i ask this because we were all taught the big bang theory in school and we all have some understanding some people's understanding is drastically different from other people 
but both Christians and non-Christians use the Big Bang Theory to defend their views. And so I'm interested in what you think the Big Bang Theory is. So what I think, what I think the Big Bang Theory is, and let me just say a little disclaimer here, what I think the Big Bang Theory is, is probably drastically different than what it actually is. <laughs> That's why I'm here, just to um, see what you think about it. And so, thank you. And so the Big Bang Theory to me is probably the most like widely believed or like popular theory as to how the universe started um i think a theory is something that is widely believed to be true but isn't actually proven 100 percent to be true i think that is what like defines a theory um and so that is the like encompasses the big bang theory i know it is um like, uh, the universe started as this, like, infinitely tiny molecule or, or dot or spot or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, however many millions of years ago it was exploded. And over the course of, you know, up until now, the universe has been expanding and is still expanding to this day. Um, and is uh, widely believed to be how our universe is formed and founded and, like, how it came to be. Um so that's what I think the Big Bang Theory is. Um, do I believe in it? I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that I don't believe in it. I, I don't know enough. I don't. I haven't read enough. I don't. I don't understand enough. Whether you know, truthfully, a big thing with me is: does it align with the Word of God? Does it? Does it agree with what the Bible says about the start of the universe? You know, and so I would need to look into that more. But I, that's what the Big Bang Theory is to me. It's something that's a little bit confusing to me. It's something that I've always found to be a conflicting side. Like those who believe in the Big Bang Theory usually don't really believe in the Word of God. And I've always found that to be really interesting. And maybe why I've been turned off by the Big Bang Theory, because those people don't really align with what I believe in, or typically. And I'm not saying there are people out there who don't, but that's, that's probably a big reason um, why I don't know much about it is because I'm scared of it. I'm concerned. I'm scared. I'm going to find something that's going to say, whoa, this, you know, this, co this does not coincide with what the Bible says. This actually contradicts what the Bible says and big red flag. So that's probably a little bit of my ignorance in it too. So I love that you said that because that is one thing I'm after is I want to find the truth because if there is a truth that doesn't coincide with what I believe in, well, then if what I believe in isn't true, I don't want to believe it anymore. And so I, I love that you said that honest and raw opinion about the Big Bang Theory. And, and I think that's that's super interesting the way that you think about things and something that I never really knew about you. And, and now I get to know. And that's why I love doing this thing. But my, the other question I love to ask everyone is, do you believe that all religions lead to the same thing? Or do you believe that all religions lead to the same God? No, I don't. I don't know why, <laughs> but um, I don't. And maybe they do, um, but no, I, I do not believe that all religions lead to the exact same God. I believe Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is that how you pronounce it? Absolutely. Uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the God of Christianity and he is one third of the, the Holy Trinity with the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was the living, breathing version of God who was here on this earth. And um, 
I believe he's different than than other gods. Um, I don't know why, but that's that's what I believe. Well, I appreciate that honest you, response. Can I ask you? Do you think all religions lead to the same God? True. Is we, that okay? Yeah, you can ask me that, and we'll talk about that another time. But I'm here to interview Drew Myers. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. This isn't this isn't a Joey Oswald interview. Okay. Um, and another thing I love to ask people is, what is your morning routine? What do you do right when you wake up? What do you do to get the day started? And I ask people this because throughout the years that I've I've read so many self-improvement books and watched so many videos on how to start your day right in order to start it on the right foot. And I'm just, I've come to know that a lot of successful people do have these super structured morning routines. Then at the same time, a lot of successful people don't, they just get up and start their day. And so it's something I've always been interested in. I, I am a morning person, but I'm just interested in, in your morning routine. My morning routine is very structured. It's very consistent. One thing that speaks to me is consistency and a schedule and just repetition. And so I try to wake up every morning by 6 a.m. Some days, depending on if I'm busier or slower, it'll change a little bit. But usually 6 a.m. is about my mark. And uh, thanks to my girlfriend, I have this awesome alarm clock called a hatch that gives me a Malibu sunrise wake up with a, a meditative flute every morning for about 10 minutes before it like it slowly like gets louder and louder and brighter and, and it wakes me up in my room and like gives me this very peaceful wake up and it's made it's made waking up honestly a lot a lot easier um because my room is already lit up when i when it's time to actually get up um, and so I try to wake up by 6 a.m. Uh, first things first, get a coffee in me, um, usually a double shot or a quad shot of espresso because I'm gluttonous. And Lord, big coffee guy. I'm a big coffee guy, but I love gluttony. Lord, forgive my soul, but I'm a gluttonous person at, at heart. Um, so sometimes I'll have myself a quad shot. And then I, I, I have to get right into my reading and my meditative time with Jesus and just and just talking to God, praying, getting in the Word of God, and reading first thing in the morning. Because if I don't do it, then I really won't do it throughout my day. And I want to try and make it a priority during my day to get in the Word of God. So I do that. I'll read any other books that I have going on, whether they're design books or, you know, like I'm reading Atomic Habits. You know, that's a classic um, that a lot of people have read. But uh, doing my reading and then really getting started with work first thing i love to get started with work before the work day starts because it's quiet there's nobody awake no one's there to bother me or message me or call me or text me or facetime or whatever and get me bothered so i love getting things started before my work day and then just kind of continuing to grind throughout the day um so that's usually my morning routine is wake up coffee pray read and then start work i love it wow and I can tell how consistent you've been because, like I said, we've been doing that, the the Bible in a year plan. And I can see every day you get on um, and you post usually at 6 a.m. before before 7 a.m. usually. <laughs> and so I can tell that you've actually been doing that most days. And then plenty of days where I don't read and where I choose to put work over my over my faith and over my reading. and um, But that's the everyday walk and struggle of choosing to follow Jesus and follow God and be a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and then another question I, I ask everyone is what advice they would give to me at my age. We're around the same age. So what advice would you give to me 
to help me live my best life. Find balance. Find balance in what you do. Find balance between your relationships, between your your fiance and soon-to-be wife, uh, between your family, between socializing, between doing finding things to do what you love, between your faith, like all of these things, like obviously you have to, you know, weigh certain things over others, but finding that balance in between those, because if you focus too much on God and you focus your whole day on praying and getting in your word and on the Bible and finding church community, well then odds are things in your, in your life are going to suffer. Like you, you, you know, you may not focus as much on your wife or as much on your kids. If you have those or on your job or on your, your personal fitness and your health and like your eating or whatever. So just finding those balance and everyone's different. Like you can read all these self-help books that tell you do this Mm -hmm. and like, or this is the diet you should be on. But like every human being is so different. Every human being is just drastically different. So what one diet and one morning routine works for someone could work for an entirely different person. So on top of balance, just never being afraid to try something and, and give it a go. And, and But if you're going to do that, give it your all. If you're going to try something, if you're really going to give something a go and try out a new habit or a new diet or whatever, a new job, give it your all before you quit on it. Give it. Make sure you, you continue to press in and give it everything you've got Pray on it, meditate on it, whatever you have to do before you, you give up and move on from it. Um, I would say those are the, the two pieces of advice I would give. Wow. Wise advice from a very wise person. Drew, all right. Our time is about done here with this interview. Uh, do you have any final remarks you want to say before we end this thing? Nope. That's it. That's it. Wow. What a great interview a very great person drew thank you so much for coming on this episode of god talks i appreciate your willingness to to let me interview and, and to put it out there and i think a lot of people are going to learn some amazing things from you and just your story is incredible and I, and I just love this talk and i appreciate you letting me interview you appreciate you joey love you man as always love one another thank you for listening to god talks with joey oswald 